0: you just love that music <laughs> oh yes it is so nice to be back friends here on the library of sound i am your humble host and we are here with something we've never done before yes we're going to play you today an episode of the lux radio theater and a good one too now this is based in lux radio theater uh did their shows based on movies. They did, like, radio productions of movies. You know, back in the old days, you couldn't go out and get a video or a DVD or a download. Yeah, if you wanted to, to be able to enjoy a movie without going to the theater, you had to tune in the radio and, and listen to a radio version of one of your favorite movies. And on this particular night, December 11th, 1939, the Lux Radio Theater presented the radio version of the classic movie In Name Only, starring Cary Grant, Carol Lombard, and the original little girl in the movie. She plays a little girl here, too, in the radio show. She sounds awful cute. Little Peggy Ann Garner. They're all here, the original stars from the movie, here to do a radio version of In Name Only. Now, this is a movie I enjoy just about every christmas uh sometimes i 'll skip a Christmas, but really uh, at least every other Christmas because at the end of the movie, the scene does take place at Christmas time, so that's my excuse for playing this movie at Christmas time, but also here at the end of the story on the radio show it's also Christmas time, so there you go. you can uh... If you want, choose to listen to this show at Christmas time if you want. But it's not a Christmas show. It's a regular show of the radio version of In Name Only. And I think you're going to like this because the movie was a classic and so is the radio show. Cary Grant even has a little fun in this radio show as you'll hear. And, uh, yeah, Carol Lombard and Cary Grant, a magical team. And here they are on the radio, the Lux Radio Theater, as it was originally broadcast December 11th, 1939. And now here on the Library of Sound. Let's listen.
1: Lux presents Hollywood. Lux Radio Theater brings you Cary Grant, Carol Lombard, and Kay Francis in the play In Name Only. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. In Name Only is a play in Name Only. It's the kind of drama that may be happening to real people right now. Its three-cornered love story is so true to life that I should remind you that uh, our characters are fictional. Those who saw the RKO screen production of In Name Only will think of it in terms of three stars. And we have them all with us tonight. Cary Grant, Carol Lombard, and Kay Francis. As producer of the Lux Radio Theater, I want to thank you all for making casts like this possible. Thousands of you write that in order to show your appreciation, you buy Lux Flakes regularly. This is a loyalty which will be twice repaid. First, by our continued efforts to give you a fine performance here in the Lux Radio Theater. And second, by the splendid performance Lux Flakes will give you in your home. In name only is a drama of three very modern people. Beneath the veneer of civilization, basic emotions still govern the lives of human beings. But when this veneer of manners and conventions is torn aside, as in tonight's drama, we have a story of almost primitive conflict involving three powerful personalities, one man and two women. To his wife, Alec Warren is bound by ties that even her selfishness and insincerity have not broken. To Julie Eden, Alec Warren is bound by a tie of love, which makes no demands. I wish we could take credit for the fine diplomatic stroke of getting these three busy stars together again, but this is the way it happened. We received a very polite letter from Carol Lombard. She was sorry to complicate matters, she said, but this week was the only week she could do the play. The next day, we received identical letters from Cary Grant and Kay Francis. Definitely a plot, to which we became the willing and happy victims. Now our three stars are on the stage, and the curtain's about to go up on Act One of In Name Only, starring Carol Lombard as Julie Eden, Cary Grant as Alec Warren, and Kay Francis as Maida Warren. (laughs) On the banks of a gently flowing stream in Connecticut, a girl stands knee-deep in water, wielding a fishing rod. We say wielding, for by no stretch of the imagination could it be called fly-casting. Her line tangles in the branches overhead, in the bushes behind her, and in every submerged log in the stream. From the opposite bank comes a man on horseback. He appears just in time to catch the hook on the brim of his hat.
2: Whoa, whoa, boy, easy, boy. Oh, good morning. Say, you want to be careful where you throw that thing?
3: Would you mind returning my
2: hook, please? Of course. I'm afraid I'll have to get off. King is nervous with strangers. Well, here you are. My, uh, my name's Warren. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you won't catch anything that way.
3: Well, I might.
2: No, not any fish.
3: Well, I'm not trying to catch any fish. Oh,
2: sorry, sorry.
3: I'm only doing this for exercise, Uh a test for keeping my temper.
2: Well, it's lucky you weren't trying to catch any fish.
3: Oh, yes, why?
2: Because I hate to tell you this, there haven't been any fish in this stream for 20 years.
3: Well, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? I didn't
2: want you to stop. I liked watching you. How about a cigarette? No, thanks. Well, I don't want one either. How about a sandwich?
3: I have some, thanks.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. How about offering me one?
3: Hmm? Oh, all right. Have a sandwich.
2: Hmm, Thanks. Thank so you. Certainly got enough of them. Are you expecting company?
3: No, I have a big appetite.
2: Good. I like people with big appetites. Hey, by the way, I haven't seen you around here before. How is that?
3: I haven't been around here before.
2: Oh no, well, not a don't I? What's your name?
3: Oh, Julie Eden. Hmm? And I'd like one of my sandwiches, please.
2: Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, what do you do, Miss Eden? I mean, uh, do you do something for a living?
3: Well, I'm Miss called a commercial artist. I design clothes for women and draw for fashion magazines. Oh, that's
2: so. Uh, do, you, do you like it? Do you make a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Well,
3: enough. I support myself and my daughter.
2: Oh, you have a daughter, huh? How old?
3: Six, going on seven. That's
2: okay. uh, right. What's your husband like?
3: He died four years ago.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Now, look, do you, uh, do, you do any drawing besides what you do for magazines?
3: <laughs> oh, a little. Not bad, not good.
2: Mm-hmm. Bring some of your sketches tomorrow, will you?
3: tomorrow yes like to see them all right but i can't be here unless i bring my daughter
2: well don't come without her
3: i'd like you to meet her i think you might like her
2: i'm sure i will she like you not a bit well i'll probably like her anyway
4: huh
2: <laughs> now, your daughter's a sound sleeper isn't she? Mm-hmm.
3: too much lunch i guess
2: you think i uh, i ought to cover her up <laughs>
3: no she's all right Oh, it's been a lovely day. It's
2: yes, swell. Say, hey, do you realize we've been sitting here over an hour without talking?
3: Oh, well, that's all right, isn't it?
2: Sure, it's fine. You know,
3: conversation is a nervous habit with a lot of people like smoking.
2: Yeah, the kind of people who say, but definitely. Yes, but and
3: definitely. too true divine.
2: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she
3: couldn't be more attractive, those people.
2: Yeah. Well, come on, let's sort of make a pact. I don't think we need a pact but it might come in handy sometime. Now, let's not ever say, a penny for your thoughts, huh?
1: <laughs> all right.
2: All right, and let's not agree, let's agree not to talk, merely for the sake of talk,
3: huh? Oh, I like your talk, all right.
2: Well, oddly enough, I like the kind of talk I have with you. Oh,
3: thank you. Right now it's time for Ellen's bath. Will you drive us home?
2: That was the intention. Hey there, Ellen, come on, wake up.
5: Oh, hello. I had a nap, I guess.
2: <laughs> you sure did. You slept like a log.
5: Well, how does a log sleep?
2: Well, uh, she defeats me again.
5: <laughs>
3: oh, we won't go into that now, darling, because Mr. Warren is going to drive us home in his carriage.
5: You're not supposed to call him Mr. Warren, Mother. He wants you to call him Alex.
2: That's right.
5: <laughs> and Mother wants you to call her Julie. I heard her say so.
2: Mm, I guess you did. What else did you hear?
5: Oh, nothing. After that, I went right to sleep.
2: Well, you're a very nice little girl. Just for that, I'm going to let you hold the reins.
5: Well, that was the intention. <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> Whoa.
2: Whoa. Nice driving,
3: Ellen.
5: <laughs> oh,
3: thank you a lot, Alec. It's been grand. Ellen, run along and tell that lawyer you back for your bath.
5: Oh, all right. Do you want to come in and watch, Alec?
2: Uh, uh no, 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 not right now. <laughs> I...
5: Well, all right.
2: Bye. Bye. Oh, she's a nice kid.
3: Oh, oh, my sketchbook. Are you through with it?
2: Uh, I'll give it to you tomorrow. I want to look at it again, see if you really are any good.
3: Oh, all right.
2: See you tomorrow.
3: Yes, it's four o'clock.
6: Right.
3: Julie. Hello, Laura. I saw you drive up. Who was that man? Oh, just somebody I happened to meet. Name's Warren. What have you been doing all afternoon? What have you been doing? Oh, fishing. I don't see any fish. Is that all you were doing? Oh, no. There was lunch. And... Well, you know. Yes, I know. All right, I picked him up, or he picked me up. I'm not sure which. Anyway, it was all pretty raw. I shouldn't be surprised if he drank, or even worse. Julie! Oh, I'm sorry, darling, but you're always so suspicious. You see a man, you immediately think, oh, well, you know. You can talk. You were lucky. Your husband died while you still had faith in him. If he'd lived a little longer, maybe you'd have had your eyes open the way mine were. Look, Laura. Other women have had to divorce their husbands just as you did Phil, and for the same reason. They've managed to keep their sense of proportion. Phil left you, and you let him go. You didn't let him go, really. You you kept clinging to him in your mind. You, you're sort of haunted, and you keep seeing ghosts. Oh, you don't know what men are. You don't know anything about them. Well, I was married, wasn't I? Well, it didn't teach you anything. Underneath, you're still just as romantic and full of illusions as any schoolgirl. Oh, what's wrong with romance? And what's wrong with illusions if you can keep them? Perhaps you'll find out. Someday, Julie.
0: Evening, Mr. Warren.
2: Evening, Carl. Walk him around a little, will you? We've been going pretty fast. Yes,
0: sir.
5: Alec! Alec, wait!
2: Oh. Hello, Suzanne. Hello.
7: Where have you been? maida has been entertaining.
2: Yes, I know. Everybody gone? Mm,
7: I'm the last, except Mm -hmm. your mother and father. Really, Alec, you should have been here. maida has been making all kinds of excuses Uh, for you. Look,
2: Suzanne, can I get your car? Well,
7: you at least might stay and talk to me a minute. The only reason I came to your dull party was to see you.
2: Well, here I am.
7: Alec, I'm dining out tonight, but... Well, I could manage to get away early. I'm no,
2: afraid not, Suzanne. I'm all booked up.
7: Don't tell me you're staying home. Won't Maida be surprised.
2: Goodbye, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, darling.
7: Nevertheless,
8: you ought to be here.
3: Richard, please, don't excite yourself.
8: Good evening, Dad. Well, good evening, Alec. <laughs>
2: How is my very nice mother?
9: Oh, Alec, it's good to see you.
2: Well, well, how are things in the office, Dad? If you'd come into town once
8: in a while, you'd find out. Didn't you know Maida was having some people here this afternoon?
2: Well, you know how I feel about parties, Dad.
8: I'm afraid I don't.
2: You've been acting very strangely lately. Have I?
8: Now, look, Alec, your mother and I have been worried about you. Isn't there something... Well, you used to confide in me, you know, and here lately I feel that... Oh, no,
2: no, there's nothing, Dad.
8: Very well, but we don't spend many weekends with you. You might have arranged to be here today. I'm sorry.
2: Alex,
9: darling, you're back.
8: Hello, Maida. Maida, I don't see where you got all your patience. Any other wife would be telling him just what she thinks of his rudeness.
9: Well, I don't happen to be any other wife. I'm Alex's wife. Aren't I, darling?
8: Yes. Excuse me, will you? There. That's what I mean
9: Please, Dad It's quite all right
8: He's acting like a spoiled child I wouldn't stand Richard, you're
9: only making things worse for Maida Don't worry I'll speak to Alec I... I'm sure it's nothing
10: Well, I hope so
9: Alec That wasn't very nice of you, Alec I know it As for you not showing up this afternoon All I want to say is that I understand perfectly
2: Understand what?
9: If you don't like parties There's no reason why you should put yourself out to come to them I don't blame you in the least.
2: <laughs> it's marvelous. Even when we're alone, you can do it.
9: Do what, dear?
2: Make it look as if I'd beaten you. And make me feel that I want to.
9: Where are you going? I'm going out. For dinner? Yes. But Alec, your mother and father... Wait a
2: minute. One scene's enough, isn't it? Why should there be more? Dad's sure to try getting down to cases, and you know how down he can get. You might even find out the truth. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you?
9: The truth, Alec?
2: Yes, about us. But this beautiful marriage of ours isn't quite so beautiful as he likes to think.
9: He wouldn't believe it, dear.
2: Uh, You've attended to that, haven't you? Good night.
1: More coffee, Mr. Warren? Mm,
2: No, thanks, Tony. Check, please. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Hello.
3: Hello. Dining all alone again, darling?
2: Uh, hello, Suzanne. Surprise. Not very. How'd you know I was here?
7: Mm, I saw your car parked outside. I told you I had to see you.
2: Oh, now that you found me, what about it?
7: Honestly, Alec, you're so direct.
2: Well, you're not exactly oblique yourself. You'll excuse me, won't you, Suzanne? I've got to go.
7: Alec, wait. I sent my car home, darling. I'm afraid you'll have to take me.
2: Oh, I see. All right, come on.
7: <laughs> Thanks, darling. Alec, would you please turn the radio off? Why, I like it. Alec, what's the matter with you? Don't you care for me at all? I mean, not even the littlest bit. Of course, I might be able to understand if you were in love with Maida. But of all the shams I've seen, that's about the worst. Alec, I ask you to turn that thing off. Sorry? Then I will.
2: Now listen, Suzanne, I want it on. Let
7: go of that switch.
2: Suzanne, if you don't... Now move over there.
7: Get away. I tell you, I... What... Oh,
3: Alec,
4: look out!
7: Yes. Oh, please, there's been an accident. Could you help me?
3: I think he's dead. Well, where is it? <laughs> just down the road. Julie, what is it? An accident. Hurry, Laura, bring some bags. There he is. There. Well, oh, give me that flashlight. Here, Julie. Why? Why, it's Mr. Warren. Uh, oh, thank heaven oh. he's still alive. i was so frightened. We'll have to get a doctor. Have you a phone? Yes, on the table, just inside the door. Oh,
7: well, I wonder if you'd mind phoning. There's a doctor at Mr. Warren's house, Dr. Grayson. He's staying there. It's, well, it's sort of embarrassing. I mean, it was perfectly innocent, of course, but... Well, Mr. Warren's wife is my best friend, and... His wife? Well, yes. There might be some talk. So would you mind very much? No. Of course not. Oh,
3: the number is Darien five eight three nine six, And I, um... I think it would be better if you didn't mention my being here. Just to avoid any complications.
7: You do understand, don't you?
3: Yes, it's not very difficult. Call right away.
10: I think you'll be all right, Maida. Just a few scratches, that's all.
9: Thank you, Dr. Grayson. May I see him now?
10: Certainly. Uh, Make him rest, if you can.
9: I will. Good morning, Alec. Morning. Well... You certainly were lucky, weren't you?
2: Yes, I suppose so.
9: Alec, you must realize that things have been pretty difficult for me for some time. Oh, I know that you feel I've failed you in certain ways, but it doesn't seem to me that you've done much to help. Mm-hmm. And now, well, well, I've tried not to complain. I don't want to complain. But there is a limit. Meaning? Miss Eden.
2: Mi- well, well, how do you know about Miss Eden?
9: Her sketchbook was in your car. It was all pretty plain, Alec. Oh,
2: no, no. You're barking up the wrong tree, Maida. I wasn't up with Miss Eden, though I wish I could have been.
9: And just whom were you out with? Your
2: dear, and as she insists, your very best friend, Suzanne.
9: Don't be childish, Alec. Suzanne phoned an hour ago saying that she just heard about the accident (laughs) and wanted to know how you were.
2: (laughs) Did she really? Wait a minute. Was, uh, Was Miss Eden at the accident? You
9: know she was. It was she who called Dr. Grayson.
2: Oh. Well, uh... Will you excuse me, Maida? I've got to go out.
9: To see Miss Eden?
2: To see Miss Eden.
9: This is a new development, isn't it? What? Well, you can see what it makes me. You're running around with that sort of woman. After all, people in our position can't afford...
2: Wait, Maida. Do you realize what our position is, yours and mine? I
9: wish you wouldn't try to change the subject.
2: You said you loved me when you married me, didn't you? Yes. It wasn't true, was it? Of
9: course it was. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Do you remember Larry Stoughton? What? I said, do you remember Larry Stoughton? Why, yes. Do you remember what happened to him?
9: He, um... He died, didn't he? How? Well, I don't know, really, Alex. He shot himself. Well? Do
2: you know why? How should I? He shot himself while you and I were on our honeymoon.
9: I suppose you're going to say he did it because of me.
2: Didn't he? Listen to this letter. I've been saving it. Larry, darling, I love you and I always will love you. But this is the only way for me. Yours made her.
9: Where did you get that?
2: You must know his mother sent it to me. You see, he was her only son and she was bitter.
9: All right. It's true. I did love him. I was mad about him. What of it?
1: How could you do it?
9: I had a choice. I could take Larry and love and nothing else. Or I could take you and what went with you.
2: I took you. Well, at least we know where we stand. Both of us.
9: Alec. Alec. I hope you don't think that my having told you this will condone anything you might do.
2: I intend to see Miss Eden whenever and wherever I can.
9: Does that mean that you think you're in love with her? I don't
2: know. But it means that she's the first person I've met in two years who's been able to make me feel like a human being again. Oh. Oh, hello, Julie. Here's a sketchbook. I like them.
3: Did you?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Say, it must have been quite a mix-up last night. I wish I hadn't slept through it all. Incidentally, it was darn nice of you to cover up for Suzanne. Uh, Mrs. Duras, you know.
3: Well, that's all right.
2: Uh, well, look, look, Julie, don't get the wrong idea about last night, will you? The whole thing was an accident. Not only to the car, but uh, my being with Suzanne. She was the accident.
3: Oh, something for you to tell your wife, isn't it? It has nothing to do with me.
2: Oh, but it has. You see, you and I were getting to be good friends. I don't want that spoiled.
3: Well, there's nothing to spoil. We had a lot of fun, and that's all. That was yesterday, and it's over.
2: Oh, no, it's not over. Listen, it was more than just fun, Julie. To me, anyway, I want you to know that.
3: Was it? Well, I'm sorry. To me, it was just one of those things.
2: Well, that's not true. Well, there's no
3: point in arguing about it. I've got to go now. Do you mind? I'm I'm terribly busy.
2: Oh, you, uh, you don't want to see me again. Is that it?
3: Oh, of course not. We'll probably run into each other people usually do in the country but but i don't think there'd better be any more picnics goodbye
1: During this brief intermission, before Mr. DeMille brings back Carol Lombard, Cary Grant, and Kay Francis in Act Two of In Name Only, we're going to turn the microphone over to Libby Collins, our favorite screen reporter, who has some new Hollywood fashion news for you. What's new in Hollywood fashion, Libby?
7: Fashion in the world of sports, Mr. Ruick. California takes up ice skating.
1: Combining our balmy weather with all the fun of a real old-fashioned winter, is that the idea?
7: Yes, sir. And down in the tropical ice gardens, you'll see half of Hollywood skating for a fall any day. In the most luscious-looking costumes, too.
1: Oh, so that's it. You might know clothes were behind this new sports development.
7: Well, we're not going to be cheated out of the fun of wearing all the lovely new woolens. You should see the stunning cable stitch sweater Anne Shirley's been wearing. It's wine-colored, and she's got a pair of embroidered mittens to go with it. They're the cutest things this side of heaven. And the other day, I saw Ellen Drew skating in a perfect honey of a jacket. There were big white snowflakes embroidered on it, and she was wearing the grandest pair of white woolly mittens I've seen in a long time. They were so soft and cozy. Mmm.
1: The way I like my socks to be in the wintertime. Believe me, it's no fun wearing woolens that are shrunken.
7: <laughs> Imagine having fun skating in a pint-sized sweater or socks. There's no excuse for that when Lux Flakes are so easy to use and so inexpensive. Leading motion picture studios use Lux Flakes for sweaters, in fact, for all washables. Just as clever women do here in Hollywood and everywhere else for that matter.
1: You're right, Libby. If you're going in for all the gay new woolens this year, be sure to keep a good supply of Lux flakes in the house to give them the right kind of care. More than 2,000 stores have advised their customers to use Lux because it's so safe. Lux has no harmful alkali. And, of course, with Lux, there's no cake soap rubbing to hurt any color or fabric that's safe in water alone. So use this gentle care for all your washables. Your house dresses, stockings, underthings... your woolens, sweaters, and printed silks. Ask your dealer tomorrow for the generous large-sized box of Lux Flakes. Lux is so pure, a little goes a long way. Lux is thrifty. Now our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act two of In Name Only. Starring Cary Grant as Alec Warren... Carol Lombard as Julie Eden... And Kay Francis as Maida Warren. Convinced that Julie Eden was with her husband on the night of the accident, Maida Warren has come to the cottage to call on her. Of course, there's nothing but friendship in Maida's smile as Julie meets her at the door.
9: Hello. Miss Eden, isn't it? Well, yes. How do you do? I'm Mrs. Warren. Oh, come in. Thank you. I brought you some flowers, Miss Eden. A little appreciation for your kindness. A bit late, I'm afraid. They're they're lovely. Thank you. You must have thought me very rude, not having called before to welcome you to the neighborhood.
3: You're very kind.
9: Are you staying all summer? Well, another month or so, then I'll have to go back to New York. So soon? Oh, and uh, that reminds me. I'm giving a little garden party next Thursday... I'd like very much to have you come. Thank you. But you see, between my work and the house here, I I don't have much time. Oh, I'm sure that you could arrange it. No, really, I'm afraid Please, you must come. I'll send the car for you about three. We're going to be good friends. I know we are. Thank you. Not at all. Goodbye, Miss Eden. Goodbye. Oh, Maida. Yes, Dr. Grayson?
10: May I see you for a moment? Of course.
9: What is it, Doctor?
10: Uh, Maida, why do you insist on entertaining when you're not up to
9: it? Oh, dear. Am I in for another lecture?
10: Did those powders I gave you help you at all last night?
9: Not very much. Mm. I guess by now I'm a little self-conscious about trying to get some sleep.
10: What's worrying you, Maida? What's on your mind?
9: Now, there's nothing wrong, Dr. Grayson. Really. I'm, uh, I'm just a little nervous and upset. What about? Oh, you doctors. The moment that one... Is le- it, Alec? Is it, Maida? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, I... I don't know what to do.
10: Tell me about it.
9: He wasn't alone that night of the accident.
10: Ah.
9: That girl, that... That Miss Eden was with him.
10: Uh, How long has this been going on?
9: I don't know. Weeks, I guess. He never comes home anymore. Stays out till all hours and...
10: You talked with him?
9: What could I say? I don't want to be a nagging wife. What did he say? He said... I'll see Miss Eden whenever and wherever I can.
10: Ah. Have you told his father? Of
9: course not. They wouldn't believe it of their own son, and, and anyway, I wouldn't want them to know. Only he's getting so bold about it. I'm afraid they're bound to find out now. I, oh, I, I could stand it for myself. That's but...
10: where you're wrong, Major. You can't stand it yourself. There's no reason why you should. I'm going to tell his father now. Oh,
9: Doctor Grayson. I'm
10: sorry, Major. Please. But I'm only doing what I know is best for you,
9: Julie.
3: Julie! Oh, hello. What are you doing here? Didn't your wife tell you I was coming?
2: What? Maida invited you?
3: Of course. You don't think I go around crashing garden parties, do you? Where is
2: she? Wait a minute. There's something funny about this, Julie. I'm
9: Miss Eden. Oh, good afternoon, Mrs. Warren. I'm so glad to see you. Oh, um. This is Mrs. Warren,
3: Alex's mother.
9: How do you do? And Mr. Warren. How do you do, Mr. Warren?
8: Miss Eden, did you say?
9: Yes, the, um, the young lady who was so kind to Alec the night of his accident.
8: Yes, Dr. Grayson told me. Really, Alec, I'm a little surprised at
2: you. What are you talking about, Dad? I think you might have shown better taste than to bring her here. Julie, you'd better leave. Isn't it too late for that? Now, just a minute. Maida, tell them you asked Julie to come.
9: But I did. She came on my invitation. Really, she did.
2: You don't have to lie
8: for him anymore, Dad.
9: But, but she did invite me
3: she excuse
8: me. Julie,
2: wait.
3: Please let me go.
2: No. I want to talk to you.
3: But I don't want to talk.
2: Sorry, Julie, but I've got to. There's a lot you have to know, and I might as well start now. She invited you there to make my father think I'd brought you, Julie. The wronged wife. There's nothing new with her. She's been doing it for years.
3: I didn't know there were women like that in the world. But I'm glad it happened. You know, it changes a lot of ideas I had about you.
2: I'm glad too, dear. It brought us together again. What? Look, have you so many friends that you can't stand one more?
3: No, but I can't be friends with you. Why not? Oh, let's not talk about it.
2: Julie, I thought we weren't going to say things we meant. Why can't we be friends? Why?
3: All right, because it wouldn't stay that way. With anyone else, yes, but not with you.
2: I love you, Julie.
3: No, you don't. You're lonely. You're unhappy. Any woman with a little kindness would... Julie. Oh, Alec. Alec
2: Oh, I knew if I ever loved a woman it would be like this
3: No, but it can't be this way
2: Julie
3: It can't, I won't do it to any woman I've got a sister whose home was broken up I've seen her and I know what it means But
2: Maida never loved me
3: Maybe she does in some way I don't understand
2: Now look, darling, suppose there were no Maida Suppose the first day I met you there had been no Maida But there is But if I were free
3: Don't, Alec, please leave me out of things I'm leaving here, I'm going back to New York in the morning Let's forget we ever met Let's do anything anything not to get into something that'll hurt us all. Please, Alex. All right. All right, Julie.
2: Maida, I want to talk to you. Well? Maida, I've asked you several times for a divorce and you've refused to give it to me. I'm not asking you now, I'm telling you. Either you get one or I will.
9: I don't suppose I need to ask why.
2: A dozen reasons, and you know all of them. But the most important reason is that I love Julie Eden. I'm going to marry her. Marry her? Yes, if she'll have me. I'm giving you the chance to do it the way that will be easiest for you.
9: Funny. I was so sure. I thought I could keep you somehow. I, I didn't care how I did it. And now I've lost. All right. I'll leave for Reno next week.
2: mm hmm. Well, I must admit, I'd expected more More of of a a battle? Yes.
9: Why? The battle's over. And now I suppose I ought to wish you both happiness. But I don't. I hope you'll be miserable.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's more like you.
9: No. No, I... I I can't go to Reno. I won't make a a gossip's holiday for my friends. I'll... uh, I'll go to Paris. It can all be done quietly, and I'll stay abroad for a year after it's over. Now, you
2: can't avoid talk if you go abroad alone.
9: I won't have to go alone. I'll go with your father and mother. They're leaving on Labor Day. Yes,
2: well, they probably won't go when they hear about us.
9: But do they have to know just yet? Why, uh, why couldn't I tell them after we get to Paris? Because
2: that's my job. I
9: know. But strangely enough, they consider me rather a satisfactory daughter-in-law. I'd like to be the one to tell them I haven't been.
2: But, Let Maida... me have
9: some pride, at least, Alec. It's little enough to ask.
2: All right. All right, if that's the way you want it. But understand, Maida, I don't intend to let anything interfere I'm
9: selfish I... in a lot of ways, Alec. Even my worst enemy couldn't call me stupid. I know when I'm beaten.
2: I'm sorry, Maida.
9: You needn't be. I don't ask for pity. I'd do the same thing again if I thought I could win.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, in certain respects, I admire you a great deal. Thank you. Good Evening, Miss Eden.
3: Alec, what are you doing here?
2: I, I am the census man. Have to find out a few things. May I come in? Thank you.
3: Alec, I told you not
2: to I've come. I've got to take the census now. How long have you lived in New York? One day. How many females in the family? Three. That's wonderful. How many males? None. That's bad. Have to do something about that. Alec. Look. Now look. Can you cook? Can you bake? Can you take care of a man in the style he's not been accustomed to? I have to know that before I can give you the license. What? The license? No, not a dog license. The other kind. Alec, will you please? And by the way, will you marry me? I can't. Come on, Julie. That's all changed. Made us agree to a divorce so you and I can get married and I move in here and watch you work your fingers to the bone for me. Well, that's settled, so, isn't it?
3: It's <laughs> not settled. Didn't you hear what I said?
2: Yeah, I'm not paying any attention to it. Where's your sister?
3: She's out, and please go before she gets back. No,
2: no, no. Oh, no, no. Only one thing could make me go, Julie. If you said you didn't love me.
3: What's the sense of coming here at all? You
2: haven't answered me.
3: All right. I love you. I'll yes. scrawl it on fences, uh, I'll print it on a banner, wear it across my chest. Julie it. It. loves Alec. Now, what'll it get you? What'll it get either of us?
2: It uh, could get us arrested. <laughs>
3: I told you yesterday how I felt and I meant it.
2: Oh, now, come on, dear. Whose life are you living? Your own only your sister's?
3: Well, I'm trying to live my own if you'll let me, and I'm trying to live it my way. It's the only way I can live it and have any self-respect. Yes, well, now,
2: that's just a lot of words. Can't you see the words don't make sense anymore?
3: Julie, I left Ellen downstairs. She... Oh. Come here, Laura. Alec, this is my sister, Mrs. Morton. What is he doing here?
2: Mrs. Morton, I'd like to make you understand that Julie and I... Make going... him go. Well, well, I can't go until you realize... I
3: said make him go. Alec, please...
2: All right. All right, I'll be waiting outside. No, Alec. We're going to go somewhere and talk this over. If you don't come out in two minutes, I'll come back and get you.
3: Don't worry, Laura. I'll send him away. You're doing what she did. You're breaking up a home just as mine was broken up. And I hate you for it. Darling, you don't know what you're saying. You've become Do you think I don't know what I've become? I used to be able to laugh. I used to be able to enjoy life as much as anyone... Now look at me. Look at me. And then ask yourself how you can do what you're doing. I am looking at you. And I'm realizing for the first time what's changed you. It's not the woman Phil ran off It's of, Phil himself. It's not having him with you. It's knowing you'll never have him with you. If I send Alec away, I might end up like you. But I'm not going to send him away, Laura. His wife's divorcing him and we're going to be married. Julie! Alec! Alec! Are
4: you
2: coming, Julie? Yes, I'm coming. Wait for me. Wait for me. Well, almost sailing time, Mater
9: Yes Well, you'd better go
2: (laughs) It's funny, I've never seen you cry before
9: Don't worry I'm not crying because of you Well, go ahead There's no need for a goodbye scene, is there?
2: No, but I can thank you again. I do thank you, Maida.
9: It's all so sporting, isn't it? The way it is in books.
2: Yes, or uh, prize fights.
9: Well, come in, Suzanne. I suppose I'm interrupting what is undoubtedly a very touching farewell.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Maida.
9: Goodbye, Alex.
2: Cable me, will you?
9: Well, I must rush. Goodbye, dear. I hope you're not making a mistake about what? Mm? Running off to Paris and leaving such a fascinating husband lying around loose, Suzanne. Alec has asked me for a divorce. A divorce?
7: Is that why you're? Oh, Maida, you're not going to give him a divorce. What do you think?
1: In just a moment, Mr. DeMille will bring back our stars, Carol Lombard, Cary Grant, and Kay Francis, for Act Three of *The Name Only. But while we're waiting, I'd like to let you hear an interesting discussion that our staff member, Sally, and I had yesterday when we were having luncheon at the Brown Derby here in Hollywood.
0: Table for two? Yes, sir. Right this way, sir. You know, Mr. Roy,
3: I think it's interesting to lunch here. You see so many different kinds of people. I always
7: say that the whole world passes by you here in Hollywood.
1: That's right, Sally. And if you just listen, you'll learn a lot about human nature. Just hear what that couple at the next table is. Yes,
3: she is.
6: But she's an awfully pleasant woman.
3: Yes, isn't she? But isn't it too bad that she's such a drudge? The poor thing must be worked to death.
6: I hadn't noticed that particularly. Why do you say that?
3: Well, her hands give her dead away.
6: Her hands?
3: Yes, they're so rough and red. Poor dear, it's really pitiful.
6: Yes, now that you speak of it. I do seem to remember her hands aren't very feminine, but still.
7: That, Mr. Grewick, is a cruel side of life, I suppose you'd say.
1: I think it's cruel, but it happens every day, everywhere.
7: Well, we might as well be realistic about it. Maybe it isn't as cruel as
3: you think. After all, in this day and age, there isn't much excuse for rough and red hands, even if a
7: woman does do her own housework.
1: Well, you don't have to worry, Sally. Your hands
7: are nice. It may interest you to know that I wash dishes twice every day and plenty of them.
1: I still say your hands don't look it.
7: Which all goes to show that the advice you give over the radio about washing dishes with gentle Lux flakes is more truth
9: than poetry.
1: Thanks. I'm glad to hear you say that, Sally.
9: And if that woman they're talking about at the next table used Lux flakes for washing dishes, I'll bet she wouldn't have other women pitying her. She wouldn't
3: have
7: men saying her hands aren't very feminine.
1: That conversation, ladies and gentlemen, took place yesterday at the Brown Derby, where Sally and I were having lunch. And now, I'd just like to leave one added thought with you. Remember, Lux is so pure, a little goes a long way. Lux is thrifty. We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. of In Name Only. Several months have passed with no word from Maida concerning the divorce. Julie has been patient, but the waiting has worn her nerves to the breaking point. She and Alec are returning from a football game. In the dining car of the special train, they move toward a vacant table.
2: Family's over. Sit down, Julie. Oh, I'm so hungry I
3: could eat a horse.
2: Uh, I doubt if they serve those. However, we'll see. We'll try it. how nice. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Suzanne. I think you two have met before, haven't you? Yes,
3: we have. How do you
7: do? How do you do? Oh, where have you been keeping yourself, Alec? I haven't seen you for months.
2: Oh, I've been here and there. Consume, Julie.
7: Please. I had a call from Ada last week. Seems to be
3: having a marvelous time. Uh,
2: will steak be all right, dear?
3: Fine. She's staying over there longer
7: than she'd planned, isn't she?
2: A uh, dessert? Cheese or something?
7: Yes, the strongest they've got. <coughs> Not that I blame her. It must be hard on you. You know Mrs. Warren,
3: don't you, Miss Eden? Yes. Isn't she lovely? She's my best friend, you know. Yes, I remember. She's an extraordinary woman, Maida is. So, um, well, so tolerant. So understanding. She certainly understands you, doesn't she, Alec? Uh,
2: bring a sharp knife with that steak, will you, waiter?
3: (laughs) Alec has such a sense of humor. He needs it, don't you think? Yes, (coughs) but now and then when you're on the receiving end, it's not so funny. I'd like to hear your views on that sometime, Miss Eden.
7: Say, about a year from now. I'd like to hear your views on other things then, too. Love, for instance.
9: (laughs) Well, goodbye, darling.
2: (laughs) Oh, beautiful personality that, isn't it?
3: What did she mean, Alec?
2: Well, she meant no good, I can tell you that.
3: No, love, for
2: instance. Oh, now, darling, don't pay any attention to Suzanne. She's always got her claws out. I know her.
3: Maybe she knows you. Maybe she knows you better than I do. Maybe Maida knows you better than I do.
2: Julie, wait, sit down.
4: Maybe I don't know you at all.
2: Julie! (laughs) Julie, you didn't mean what you said. You know you didn't.
3: What am I supposed to believe? In August, we were going to be married in a few weeks. In September, it was Thanksgiving. Now, it's Christmas, maybe. When is she getting the divorce? How much longer is it going on this oh, way? darling, I've told
2: you. She's running into all sorts of legal red tape over there. All we can do is wait.
3: Wait wait. We've been waiting. It's four months now, and we're just where we were when we oh, started. Oh,
2: do you think I like it? Don't you think it means as much to me as it does to you?
3: I don't know whether it does or
2: not. Well, it can be much longer, dear. It
3: can be just as long as she wants it to be. Julie! Can't you see it's no good? Can't you see it's no use? Go away and let me have some peace. Forget it all and let me forget it. Oh, I can't live this way, and I can't stand anymore. I've had enough. I've had stop enough. Stop it. Stop
0: it. You're here.
2: You're not going to give up now. I'm not going to let you give up. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I didn't ask for the Carlton Hotel in London. I asked for Mrs. Alec Warren at the Carlton Hotel. What? But she couldn't have left. Yesterday? Well, how does it happen she didn't leave a forwarding address? Oh, very well.
5: Thank you. Oh, Mother. Mother. Can I help turn the Christmas tree? Can I, Mother? In a minute, darling. Got to be trimmed from the top down. Well, all right. I've got something else to do anyhow. Ellen. Ellen,
3: put that phone down. You're not to pester Alec. Do you hear?
5: Oh, please, Mother. I just wanted to tell him not to forget my presents. <laughs>
3: all right. And ask him how his cold is.
5: I will.
2: Hello? Oh, hello, Ellen. It's a long time since I spoke to you. Only an hour? I don't believe it. Well, that just goes to show, doesn't it? What? Oh, about a half an hour. I'll be there as soon as I wrap up a package for you. Mm Hmm. Oh, my cold? Oh, it's only a sniffle. See, here? That's a sniffle. And listen, you tell your beautiful mother not to be so beautiful until I get there. Bye. Who is it?
7: Merry Christmas, Alec. (laughs) her. <laughs>
8: Merry Christmas, son.
7: My dear, you ought to see your face. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: hello, mother. Hello, dad. Oh, Alec. Well, I I'm sort of bowled over at the moment.
10: <laughs> the boat doctor an hour ago just made his idea. She said we'd be the best
9: Christmas present you could get. Merry Christmas, darling.
2: I've ordered a tree. Should be here by now. Well, uh, look, I I'm terribly sorry, but I can't stay. You can't stay. No, dad. I wish you had let me know.
9: It was all my fault. Yeah.
2: I'll, uh, I'll come up to the house the first thing in the morning, huh? Oh, but Alec, you... you well, you crazy. see, you see, Dad, I'd already made other arrangements, well, and... Well, call them up and say your family's
8: here. They'll understand. I'm sorry. I can't.
9: We should have cabled him. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm afraid our little surprise wasn't much of a success, was it?
2: Apparently not.
9: Now, never you mind, Dad. We'll have a nice Christmas Eve all by ourselves, and then we can see Alec tomorrow.
2: Wait. I think we ought to have a little talk. All of us. Something I think you should have told them in Paris, Maida.
9: Alec, I hardly think... Now,
2: please. They've got to know. I want them to know everything.
3: Ellen, not again. I told you not to call Alec.
5: Oh, but this is important, Mother.
3: No, Ellen, I don't know what to...
5: Hello? Hello? Is this where Mr. Warren lives? Yes. Who's calling, please? Wait a minute. Mother, there's a lady there.
3: Oh, don't be silly. Alec, he's fooling you because you're pestering so much. Hello?
5: Oh, hello. Is this Miss Eden?
3: Why, yes.
9: This is Mrs. Warren. Could I have Alec call you back? <laughs> you see, we just got in and we were all a little excited just now. Well, if you'd rather phone a little later, I'm
5: sure that... Mother? Who is that lady? Mother, what's the matter?
3: Ellen, would you be all right by yourself for a few minutes? Well, sure, I will. I won't mother, be long, but... darling. There's some place I've got to go. Someone I've got
9: to... Well?
3: Where is he? Where's Alec?
9: He's with his mother and father. I wish you hadn't felt it necessary to do this, Miss Eden. Somehow I would have expected better taste from you. I want to talk to Alec. After all, I've been tolerant. Perhaps too tolerant. But this is Christmas Eve. Alec realizes he should spend it with his wife. Why can't you?
3: Did you promise to divorce him or didn't you?
9: I consider Alec's marriage to me his protection against women like you.
2: Julie!
9: Alex. she's been lying to you all yes, along. I
2: know. I should have known a long time ago.
9: Did you really think I'd let you go, Alec?
2: Well, you'll have to. I've just told Mother and Dad I'm leaving for Reno tomorrow.
9: The moment you file a suit for divorce against me, I shall file a countersuit against you. And it won't be a vague other woman will be one woman in particular by name.
2: I'll take you home, Julie.
9: I'm warning you, Miss Eden. Alec isn't the only one I'll sue. I'll sue you also for alienation of affections. Because of Alec's family, it's likely to be a rather well-publicized case. And I'll do nothing to make it less so. You have a little girl, haven't you? How old is she? Six? Seven? Well, you might as well begin now to teach her how to behave on a witness stand. Because she'll be there.
3: Well, he seemed to have been living in something of a fool's paradise. Oh,
2: no, she'll never do it, darling. She wouldn't dare.
3: You heard what she said. She's just
2: bluffing. She can't stop us now. Can't
3: she be honest, Alec? You know her. You know there's nothing too vicious, too cruel. we never had a chance, Alec, not from the very beginning.
2: Oh, Julie, listen, dear. You're tired and upset. Let's wait and see It maybe tomorrow we can Tomorrow? Can't...
3: We've been living on tomorrow's for the past six months. But,
2: Julie...
3: We... Why don't we face it? This is today, and this is all we're ever going to get. If you want to go on fooling yourself, go ahead. But I can't. Not anymore. Julie Please let me go, Alec. Now why, we still love each other. Well, at least let's not get made to that satisfaction, please. I love you, Julie. I know. I love you too. Goodbye, Alec. Hello? Hello. Missy? Yes? This is the manager of the Pierce Hotel. You know a fellow by the name of Alec Warren? Yes, what's the matter?
7: Well, he registered here last night, kind of liquored up. And this morning, he looks like a pretty sick man. Sick?
3: I'll be right there. Oh. Well, it's about time you woke up.
2: Huh? Oh, hello, dear. Pretty silly, wasn't it?
3: Yes, you ought to have a guardian tearing around with a cold like yours. Yeah.
2: I thought I'd talk on the whiskey treatment.
3: Well, nobody can say you didn't give it a fair test. How do you feel?
2: Uh, I don't know. I... What is this place?
3: It's a hotel. And you certainly do pick them, too.
2: How did I get here?
3: Well, I guess you just sort of floated in. Here, take this pill. Pill? <clears throat> Why? Because I want you to.
2: Well, what's it for?
3: But you've got, the flu?
2: Mm-mm. I got flu, huh? Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. Are you hungry?
2: No. I'm just sort of tired. What time is it? Four o'clock. Yeah? Four o'clock what?
3: Four o'clock Christmas Day. Oh,
2: sure. Merry Christmas, Julie.
3: Merry Christmas, darling.
2: You know, I think maybe this is going to be the best Christmas I've ever had.
3: It'll probably be one you won't forget anyway. Yeah.
2: I always wanted to wake up like this. To open my eyes and see you the very first thing. Oh, I'm glad I could. You look nice in the morning, Julie. Nice and fresh.
3: I told you, it's afternoon.
2: Well, you look nice anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> but then
1: you always do, no
2: matter what time it is. And your eyes are so blue and so big. They aren't really blue, are they? they? They keep changing.
3: I don't think you ought to talk so much, Alec. You'll tire yourself.
2: Oh, well, I'd like to talk about... Oh, I see. <clears throat> I shouldn't talk about what I'd like to talk about, should I? Julie. <clears throat> Give me a hand, dear. I've,
3: I've got to get you medicine.
2: No, don't go away, please.
3: Alec, if you want to me to take care of you, I'll have to send you to a hospital.
2: Oh, no, honey, I don't want to go to a hospital. Oh, I know,
3: dear,
2: but... I don't have to go, do I? wait and see if you get better. Do you want me to get better, Julie? Well,
3: not, not right away.
2: No, you bet. This doesn't count, does it? This time is just
3: velvet. You know, Dolly, I, I wish you were really sick for a long time and that there weren't any doctors or <coughs> nurses or anybody around so, so that I could take care of you watch over you while you sleep and feed you. I guess I'm selfish and not very sensible. It'll be all right tomorrow. Julie. Yes, darling?
2: Julie, darling. Let's not even think about tomorrow.
3: We won't. Now go to sleep.
2: No, no, no. I don't want to sleep. I like it the way it is now. If I sleep, I'll... I'll miss part of it. I'll miss you. If you go. Don't go, Julie. Alex. Don't go, Julie. Don't leave me. I can't. I can't.
7: Alec. Alec.
3: Hello desk. Will you give me or get me a number please for me? Dr. Grayson, Henry Grayson. Tell him it's Alec Warner. Hurry. Please hurry. <laughs>
10: Uh, come here a moment, Richard. I want you to meet Dr. Muller. Uh, Dr. Muller, this is Mr. Warren. How do you do? Evening. Well, doctor, how is he?
6: I always believe in absolute honesty. Your son is in a serious condition. It's good he was brought to the hospital at once.
10: It's a bad case of pneumonia, Richard.
6: What are his chances? Physically, good. I should say a little better than a 50-50 chance. Mentally, by that I mean psychologically. Not nearly so good. But I don't
10: understand <laughs> what Dr. Muller uh, means, Richard. Is that Alec shows no desire to get well.
6: Precisely. And it is our business to find someone who can give him that desire. Well, his wife is on her way. She should be here any minute. Good. Is she the Julie he keeps calling Uh, for? Well, no. You see... It's a rather difficult situation, Doctor. Her family complications... I'm sorry to to be blunt, Mr. Warren, but I'm not interested in family complications. I don't say that this Julie is our answer, but she's the only clue we have.
10: Do you know where she can be reached? I left her at that hotel.
3: I'm here, Doctor.
10: Well, come in, please. This is Dr. Muller. How do you do? Miss Eden.
3: How is he, doctor?
10: Our
6: patient wants to see you, Miss Eden. And I think all I need tell you is that his chances of recovery depend upon your seeing him and upon what you say to him. But, Dr. Muller, you don't realize Oh,
3: you needn't worry, Mr. Warren. We aren't going to see each other anymore. We, We both know it's hopeless.
6: Ah, does he think it is hopeless? Yes. Then it is necessary that you get rid of that thought for him. Tell him whatever you think it is that he wants to hear. Tell him, but I think you know what to tell him better than I do. Go. Go in, please.
3: Alec. Alec, dear, can you hear me? It's it's Julie. Huh?
2: Julie? No, no.
3: Alec, darling, everything's going to be all right. Do you hear me? Everything all right for you and me. All right. Yes, dearie, I thought it all out. Nothing matters now except us. She can do anything she likes, but, you know, she can't keep us from loving each other. Only well, you've got to get well. Can you hear me, darling? You've got to get well.
2: <clears throat> oh, no. Oh, no. Now you're just telling me that because, because I'm sick.
3: No, darling. Please believe me. You've got to believe me. Mr. Warren, tell him. Say something. Alec. Look, Alec. it's your father. He'll tell you, too.
2: Father? Yes, son? Is it all right? Yes, son. Julie, you wouldn't fool me, would you?
3: No, darling. You will try,
7: dear. You will try
3: to get well.
2: I'll get well. I'll get
3: well. Is that what you wanted, doctor?
6: Don't go away, please, Mr. Warren. Certainly. Certainly. I... uh, I'm sorry
8: it has to be this way, Miss Eden.
3: Thanks. (laughs) Yes.
9: I thought I'd find you here. Mrs. Warren,
3: please don't go in to see him now.
9: How dare you?
3: Alec is very ill. He may not live. If he does live, it'll be because he believes he'll never see you again.
9: And how did you manage that, Miss Eden?
3: told him that you won't fight us anymore, that we can be married. What made
9: you think it was as simple as that? Oh, you needn't worry. His father was there. He knew it was a lie. They they all knew it was a lie, except Alec. You've handled this very skillfully, Miss Eden. You've made it look as if Alec's very life depends on you. I admire your ingenuity, but I'm afraid it won't work.
3: You'd rather seem
9: dead than with me, wouldn't you? Yes, I would.
3: But you don't love him. You don't love anybody except yourself.
9: I gave up love for what I've got. Do you think I'm going to let you or anyone else get it away from me?
3: All you can possibly get from Alec is money. He'll
9: give you that. If Alec gave me every cent he had, it still wouldn't be enough. Someday, his father is going to die.
8: We all do, Maida.
9: Oh, oh, Dad, she, uh, she's trying to keep me out.
8: I heard her. And you. You'd better take what you can get from Alec, Maida. Because there won't be anything else.
6: Miss Eden, he's asking for you again.
8: Will you go in, please, Miss
3: Julie? Thank you. Oh, Alec. Alec, look at me, darling. Everything is all right.
2: Oh. Oh, I thought you told me that before, dear. I must have been dreaming.
3: We've both been dreaming, darling. but, But now it's true.
1: bring back our stars for their curtain calls. But first, a word about Christmas. I know most of you are beginning to think about Christmas tree decorations, and you're probably wishing you could do something new and different. Well, here's an idea that's easy and inexpensive. Our Christmas snow decorations made such a big hit last year that we're going to repeat the recipe again this season. Imagine lovely, real-looking snow that will beautify your Christmas tree and last right through the holidays at almost no cost, and so new and original. You can have such an abundance of snow effect too. All you need is an inexpensive large box of Lux Flakes and two scant cups of lukewarm water. Pour the box of Lux Flakes into a large bowl or dishpan. Add the water and beat the mixture with an egg beater until it's about the consistency of thick whipped cream. Then take handfuls of the whipped up mixture and spread it with your fingers all along the branches of your Christmas tree. If you want a more glittering effect, sprinkle the tree while the suds are still moist with some of that shiny artificial snow you buy in the stores. When you're finished, your tree looks like a winter fairyland right out of a snowstorm. There are quite a few ways you can use this snow idea to make your Christmas decoration more beautiful. For instance, some people take a few bare branches from a tree or shrub, cover them with a the thick mixture of Lux suds, and sprinkle with the glittering artificial snow. The branches make beautiful decorations for the Christmas dinner table, especially with the white and silver accessories. If you want to experiment with color, try putting a few drops of vegetable coloring into the whipped suds. Still another idea is to use the Lux Snow on your Christmas wreaths. Now remember, use two scant cups of lukewarm water to each large box of Lux Flakes and beat with an egg beater to the consistency of thick whipped cream. Be sure to buy the large box of Lux Flakes. And now here's Mr. DeMille with our stars. The affairs of the Warrens and Julie Eden being duly settled, our three stars, Cary Grant, Carol Lombard, and Kay Francis, return for a curtain call.
3: Uh, And if I were you, C.P., I'd keep my eye on that
9: curtain, or Kay will be cutting it off to the Red Cross to cut up for clothing. (laughs) I was telling Carol about some of our sewing sessions at the Red Cross, but don't bother about the curtain. I've been looking it over, and we can't use it.
2: Well, I don't like to butt in with my slight prittle-prattle, but I saw a pretty fine scene, Kay. Can you use me? Hmm?
9: Well, Carrie, I don't know. Our sewing organization up to now has been strictly feminine.
2: Uh,
1: sounds like a modern version of an old-fashioned quilting bee.
3: Well, I think there's probably less talk and more work done at that quilting bee. When I was a little girl, my mother took me down to the Red Cross to study for first aid examination, and I was terribly impressed with how busy everyone was. In fact, I was so impressed, I got busy myself and passed
1: examination.
2: Oh, you did. Yes. Carol, just to see if you did pass, I'm almost inclined to sprain
1: CB's ankle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that won't be necessary, Carrie. Just ask Mrs. DeMille. She's on the board of directors of the Los Angeles chapter.
3: By the way, CB, what are you going to do in the Lux Radio Theater next week?
1: Next Monday night, Carol, we have John Garfield, Jeffrey Lynn, and the Four Lane Sisters, Priscilla, Mary, Rosemary, Lola... <laughs> And Leota. And that gives us practically all of the original screencast of our play, Four Daughters, plus one extra Lane sister. Four Daughters is a a drama of a typical American family, like several you've known yourself, perhaps, with all the humor and romance that four unmarried daughters give any household.
2: My goodness, not one, not two, not three, but four Lane sisters. Well, the picture was a sensation with three, but ladies and gentlemen, the Lux Radio Theater will not be outdone. Next week, we guarantee the appearance of four, count them, four Lane Sisters, huh?
9: <laughs> the fourth Lane Sister is a big surprise, Mr. DeMille. Where has she been hiding?
1: Uh-huh. My lips are sealed. But uh, all will be explained next Monday night when we present John Garfield, Jeffrey Lynn, and the four Lane Sisters in Four Daughters. Oh,
3: it's a grand place he be. I'll be listening
4: Good night. Good night.
1: Good night. Good night.
3: Good night. <laughs> Good
4: night.
1: We're writing Santa Claus for, for three more stars like you. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents John Garfield, Jeffrey Lynn, and Priscilla, Rosemary, Lola, and Leota Lane in Four Daughters. Mr. Cecil B. DeMille, saying good night to you from Hollywood. This is now Bill inviting you to listen to the popular Lux daytime program, The Life and Love of Dr. Susan. Tomorrow is the date of Frida's recital, the moment when she intends to humiliate Dr. Susan. Events are rushing toward a crisis. Be sure to listen. For the time and station, see your newspaper. The Life and Love of Dr. Susan comes to you in addition to the Lux Radio Theater. Heard in tonight's play were Julie Bannon as Suzanne, Jean Arden as Laura, Peggy Ann Garner as Ellen, Clara Blandick as Mrs. Warren, Wright Kramer as Dr. Grayson, Lou Merrill as Mr. Warren, Whedon Chambers as Dr. Muller, Harry Walker as Hotel Manager, and Gil Patrick as Groom. Cary Grant has just finished the Columbia picture, My Girl Friday, and is now working in the RKO production of My Favorite Wife. Carol Lombard has recently completed Vigil in the Night for RKO. Kay Francis was seen on the screen in the RKO picture in name only. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. We want to remind you... That this is the time to help the 1939 drive to fight tuberculosis. Help make the world safer. Purchase your supply of anti tuberculosis Christmas seals now. Use them on all your Christmas mail. Show that you, too, are helping to fight this dread disease. Buy seals for Christmas, and you buy help for the new year. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: From December 11th, 1939, you just heard the Lux Radio Theater, production of In Name Only, starring the great Cary Grant and the one and only Carol Lombard, along with the adorable little Peggy Ann Garner as Carol Lombard's daughter in the show. We hope you enjoyed that. I was sort of in the mood to hear a, a show with Carol Lombard and Carrie Grant, and I thought, well, what better time than right now here on The Library of Sound? I am your humble host. We thank you for listening and hope to see you again next time. Till then, goodbye for now.